Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. We begin NFL Live with breaking news out of Jupiter, Florida. Police there have charged New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft with misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution, saying they have videotape of him paying for a sex act inside a massage parlor. Jupiter police told reporters Friday that the 77-year-old hasn't been arrested. A warrant will be issued and his attorneys will be notified. The charge comes amid a widespread crackdown on sex trafficking in the area surrounding Palm Beach County. Here's Deputy Chief Daniel Kerr a short time ago. We have uh, 25 uh, individuals additional that will be charged. And those filing packets have been uh, forwarded on to the state attorney's office. And my staff will be passing out uh, a list of of those individuals um, as we're speaking here. Uh, that would be Mr. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots? Yes, sir. And what is he being charged with? He's being charged with the same offenses as the the others, and that is soliciting another to commit prostitution. And how many accounts may he face? Uh, right now we have two. So that would be two separate incidences or visits to the Orchids of Asia Day Spa, or one visit with multiple charges from that one visit? Uh, two different visits. The video that uh, we obtained, it shows the act that took place. On, e- on every gentleman that you have a list of, the act that took place is recorded on that video. Is Mr. Kraft alleged to have shown up by himself? Was he driven there? Was he with other people when he entered the premises? Uh, can you tell us any more detail whatsoever about Mr. Kraft? Uh, so uh, the times that Mr. Kraft was there, he was driven. Um, and that name and information is, uh, like I stated, it, it will be contained in the probable cause affidavit. A driver who waited. The question was, uh, does the video contain Mr. Kraft inside receiving the alleged acts? The answer to that is yes. In a statement, a spokesperson for Kraft said they categorically deny that Mr. Kraft engaged in any illegal activity because it is a judicial matter. We will not be commenting further. NFL insiders Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter joining us now. Adam, let's start with you. As this story continues to unfold, where should we start? Well, Susie, you heard that Robert Kraft is being charged here for solicitation, but he's not been convicted, and he's categorically denying those charges as you saw. So there obviously is the legal end that's going to unfold here, and then there'll be the end from the NFL perspective. And the NFL will have to determine whether or not this is a violation of its personal conduct policy. Now, keep in mind here that the personal conduct policy calls for higher standards and harsher punishment for NFL owners. We've already seen back in 2014, Jim Irsay being arrested on drug charges and being suspended for six games and being fined $500,000 at that point in time. And so while the situation is unfolding down in Florida, and this is said to be a wide-ranging investigation that involves women who have been trapped in human trafficking for a long time, we're talking about a very serious situation here, the legal situation will unfold, and the NFL will have yet another investigation on its hands in which 
it's going to have to hold one of the most powerful people, not just in football, but in all of sports, to the highest standards possible. And so this is the first we're hearing of it today, but this is a story that's going to have ripple effects and unfold for days and weeks to come. Mort, what can you add now? Well, we, we, as you started off uh, in leading into the story, I mean, there has been a denial uh, from Robert Kraft, uh, his spokesman and, or, and legal counsel, that he engaged in any illegal activity. And until this thing is adjudicated, I don't think the league jumps into this. I don't think this gets fast-tracked uh, right away. And you could say, well, as the personal conduct policy says, you know, owners and executives and coaches and what have you are held to a higher standard, and, and the higher standard being of more than players, I can sit back and say, I don't know if I've ever heard of a player being disciplined for solicitation of prostitution unless there was assault involved. And then you also have uh, the, kind of a different layer to this case because it involves sex trafficking, but Robert Kraft's not identified as being involved in that, but for the solicitation part. So to me, there's a lot of layers. We still have to kind of see how it goes. I don't think this is going to get fast-tracked uh, in terms of his discipline. I do think as anybody would, uh, would, would admit that legacy and reputation, those things get tarnished in the court of public opinion. And, and this is an owner. We know it was impact on the league has been and on the team and on the new England area. Uh, this is an owner who I believe probably is the leading candidate to go into, to, to uh, be considered for the pro football hall of fame next year and next year's class. Uh, and under those guide, uh, under those guidelines, uh, what happens all, away from the game is not to be considered in his candidacy. And I think that's just kind of like a, a sidebar to it. But it, to me, this is more about his legacy and reputation that I think is probably going to bother him uh, more than anything. And that's even considering the fact that he denies that he was involved in this. Right. Legacy and reputation. So again, a Kraft spokesperson categorically denies the charges, but the Jupiter Police Department says there's videotape evidence. So Adam, like from your standpoint right now, how do we present this? Well, it's a difficult situation, Susie, and obviously, like I said, we're going to be hearing about it. My understanding is, you know, this is not just a case about prostitution. Uh, this is a case about human sex trafficking and really significant issues that face our society. And down in South Florida, I think the people in that area, I'm told, are very nervous and tight-lipped right now. Uh, obviously, it's not just Robert Kraft. There are other people involved. We're waiting to hear more about the names involved at this particular point in time. Look, it's almost unprecedented because there have not been many cases where we've seen somebody of Robert Kraft's stature ensnared in a situation like this, though he categorically denies that he took part in this. So it's difficult for everybody to process exactly what to make of this right now. But again, it's not a headline that the Patriots, Robert Kraft, the NFL wants at this point in time, but everybody's going to have to deal with it. Okay. Mort, Adam, we know you'll bring us any Unfolding news as we continue to cover this story. Jeff Darlington, our NFL insider, is with us as well. And they've referenced South Florida. That's where you live and work. This is obviously 
unfamiliar subject matter. This is uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's to uncomfortable. Talk about for sure. we're, we're a sports <laughs> show. What's yeah. your understanding of the situation? Well, I, I think that, you know, again, this is an uncomfortable conversation to have about one of the most respected owners in the NFL. And I think that the one important thing to point out here as this news continues to unfold is that there, from my understanding, we've heard it from law enforcement, but also based on conversations that I've had, there is a clear delineation right now between when we see human trafficking investigation and what Robert Kraft is being charged with. And these two things need to be separated absolutely as clear as day. Robert Kraft is not being charged with anything to do with human trafficking at this point. It is solicitation of prostitution. It is a misdemeanor. Jim Ursay was suspended, as uh, Adam Schefter alluded to, for six games and fined $500,000 for a misdemeanor, which was uh, a count of driving while intoxicated following an arrest at a traffic stop. So right now we are talking about misdemeanors as it pertains to Robert Kraft. Again, an incredibly uncomfortable conversation, but one where we need to make clear delineations about the act and the crime being committed. Right, and, and we can make the clear delineations, but then, as Adam and Mort referenced too, there's a different standard when we're talking about the NFL. No question. And Robert Kraft, and, and Robert Kraft, again, is one of the most respected, if not the most respected owner in the NFL. So this is going to be a conversation that consumes not only uh, ESPN, but outside news sources. And, and this, this one extends well beyond sports. And it will be a conversation that we continue to have uh, as this situation unfolds. What kind of reaction have you gotten just well, since, this, since this news broke this afternoon? This is where it gets uncomfortable. But let's put, I mean, there's a lot of, this is going to be late night comedy too. Like there's going to be jokes that are made about this, of course. And, and again, there's a delineation that needs to be, made here between the comedy that's occurring and the crime that's occurring. And, and these, are, these are two completely different conversations. But if you log on to social media right now, your timeline is going to be flooded with jokes. But we're also having to deal with what is obviously a very serious situation at the same time. So, again, I think that that's what makes this especially uncomfortable. But that right now is the reaction of the outside world. You know, just a short time ago, I, I spoke with someone who spent a long time in the Patriots organization that pointed out, I mean, this is an organization... Where, where players are trained to deal with any type of adversity in and a they are certain right now. way to, to keep something like this, which there, you know, there are so many things about this that, that, that's unfolding that we don't know to keep it contained. They are all locked down right now. They, they, do not, they are not comfortable talking about this. I can tell you that uh, from firsthand knowledge. They are not comfortable talking about this. They don't want to talk about this. And, and quite frankly, they're uncomfortable even addressing it because – Again, we're talking about someone that all these players like admire and adore in Robert Kraft. So this is uncomfortable subject matter across the board. And breaking news this afternoon, Patriots owner Robert Kraft charged with solicitation of prostitution. The breaking news this afternoon, Patriots owner Robert Kraft being charged with two counts of soliciting someone to commit prostitution stemming from a raid at a day spa in Jupiter, Florida. Kraft was picked up as part of a sting that has been going on for months. Kraft's spokesperson categorically denies the charges. The Jupiter Police Department says there is videotape evidence. And obviously very difficult for anyone close to the Patriots organization uh, to digest. A longtime member of the Patriots family is our Teddy Bruski, who joins us now. Teddy, uh, anytime a family member is in trouble, everyone feels it. 
How are you dealing with this news today? Well, yeah, Susie, Mr. Kraft's a very good friend of mine. Uh, since day one, my there in my uh, my first day there in 1996, he was a tremendous support system for myself, for my family. So I'd say surprised and shocked is an understatement. Um, you know, Mr. Kraft is something, someone who I care very deeply about. So hearing this, if I guess that's a big if, if this were true, I'd be extremely disappointed. But myself, I think, along with all of fan, all of the fans of the New England Patriots, are holding on to that. You know that two-sentence statement that he released, saying that uh, you know the Crafts categori- categorically deny anything illegal that happened. So it's a tough, confusing time right now for myself, for a lot of fans of the New England Patriots, that something like this would happen to the leader of an organization that everyone in this region, you know, I guess, look to to weigh to weigh the the way things should be done in the right way. And this is a you know it's a tough day. What does he mean to the community, Teddy? He's been the example. You know, the Patriots Charitable Foundation has been huge in the community and in all aspects of life. All the, there's so many tentacles that reach out in various organizations to where that the Patriots Charitable Organization has helped. Their players have been involved with. I was involved with it before. Whenever I get a, a chance to participate in it now, I'm still involved with the charitable organization if they need me. So they have been the leading, the, the leaders to, in the community to see, to show how you help your community, how to be a part of your community, how to be the example. So seeing this, I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice. It, it, it's a tough day for everyone here in New England. How would you expect former players like yourself and current players to handle this in the days going forward? Uh, I would say former players, we take it the way that, you know, we've been bred to take any situation that any adversity that would go through the organization, um, you know, one day at a time, you know, see how the, uh, the investigation uh, plays out. Um, right now you have a statement from the crafts to hold on to that he categorically denies anything illegal happened. Um, whatever the Jupiter Police Department, how, however they proceed to move forward, and however the investigation moves forward, that's what you do. You just look to see what happens, and then you formulate your opinions and deal with your feelings sort of in a step-by-step process. Few organizations are as prepared to deal with any type of adversity as the Patriots are, how do you see them as an organization sort of rallying around this? Um, right now, players are dispersed. They're dispersed across the country in all of their off-season homes or off-season vacations. Um, you know, I'm sure they're talking about it. I've talked to a couple former players through text just today on, how, on what's going on and and any type of details we may we may learn about, but um, right now as an organization, I mean, do you reach out to your former players in terms of how to deal with things like this? I don't know, but you definitely it's going to be hard to do because players right now have detached from the organization. But I think they all have heard about it, of course. And if it's true, and that's a big if, once I say once again, it would it would be an extreme disappointment. But there's that there's that denial that the, the statement says, you know, that we have to take it one day at a time, one step at a time to see how this plays out. Is it comforting in a sense to at least be communicating about this? Uh, this is a hard thing to communicate about. 
You know, this is, Suze, we're talking about human trafficking and we're talking about prostitution. And it's very difficult when my youngest son comes up to me and he's, he's heard about it before I did, and he says the word prostitution. So, you know, it's something that I think a lot of families will have to talk about today. It's, it's some tough conversations that parents will have to have because the New England Patriots are in the fabric of all of the families here in this region. And so to see this happen, it's, it's, of course, we're going to see how this all plays out, but still, they're tough discussions families have to have. Teddy, we appreciate you uh, joining us, talking about it. Very difficult subject matter, very uncomfortable for all of us. As we bring in our analysts today, Jeff Saturday, Victor Cruz, obviously both of you, long time in the league. As Teddy said, players are dispersed. But how, how are players c- communicating? And again, we, we want to be respectful about this. Mm-hmm. How is the communication happening? I think, it's, uh, I think we're just in shock. I mean, just as Teddy you know, explained just a few minutes ago, I think we're in shock. I think we're just waiting to hear more information. I think... Some players are just sitting back trying to make sense of it all and understand what's going on. And I think as more information gets out, that's when players, you know, will or won't be a little bit more uh, opinionated about it. I think the PR team for uh, the New England Patriots is going to have to do a good job of getting out to their players and talking to them about how to handle this. What do they say? What don't they say? Because they're going to be asked about it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a conversation for players to answer throughout this offseason as they go on to their you know, their respective, uh, you know, things that they're handling business-wise as well as during training camp and, and when those uh, off-season obligations come around, how do they handle those things? What do they say? How do they approach it will be the, the toughest part of it all. Yeah, I think if you look at the leadership of this football team, guaranteed phone calls have already been made, texts have already been sent out from guys, you know, on this football team about – Um, you know, hey, how do you respond to this if you get asked about this? And I'm assuming that they're all going to handle it in a similar way that Teddy just did, talking about he's categorically denied this this situation has occurred, um, and that's going to be kind of their their company line from a player perspective because guys don't know. And the reality is, Susie, is that – you, you, we, we all don't know how people live their lives. And, and to Teddy's point, you have so much respect for what Mr. Kraft has done in this league, for the game, for this community, for all these things. I think Teddy brought up a ton of great points about it, about being able to deal with your children at home. These are not conversations you have with, with young people. I mean, and so when this gets brought out and, and how much respect has been placed, not only upon Mr. Kraft, but about the organization as a whole, um, it is a very difficult situation. And I think players understand that as well. And players are going to go back to exactly how Teddy said. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can say about it. We, we will be disappointed if this, is, if this is true. That's going to be the way that players um, are going to communicate in their locker room about this. I was going to say, I think it would be helpful again, and Teddy referenced it. You're, you're having a discussion with your kids. You know, this is, this is football. These mm-hmm. are the defending Super Bowl champs in, in drawing the difference for us between, uh, you know, potential charges here. Well, yeah, very clearly, I, I think that we can keep pointing to the delineation between what Robert Kraft uh, is being charged with and some of the words that are being used as part of the investigation. It is being called a human trafficking investigation. Robert Kraft is not a, a part of human trafficking. He is being charged with solicitation of prostitution, a misdemeanor count uh, of, of that. Um, so so I, I just think it's very important at this point to really delineate um, the overall widespread investigation 
and what Robert Kraft specifically is dealing with on his side. Uh, not a matter of judgment passing one side or the other, but understanding there is a very clear difference between two different situations. Yeah, and we want to caution, obviously. All of this is still unfolding. We don't want to jump to any conclusions. We are obligated to cover this as breaking news. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy GEICO week. Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. It's difficult to process all of the information, but as the investigation unfolds, we want to be careful to delineate this language that, for many of us in in this forum, is new. And if you could help to clear that up. Well, I I mean, this is a really interesting situation to face just in such a a short-term situation because we have Robert Kraft's spokesperson categorically denying it and the police saying they have video of Kraft paying for and receiving a sex act. So... The only delineation that we can make at this point is that he has been charged with misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution. Uh, we understand that there is a larger investigation uh, that led to this about human trafficking, and it, it's just going to be a very interesting process from here moving forward to find out exactly um, what Kraft, the person who, the reason we're talking about this investigation is because Robert Kraft is involved in it, and, and that is going to be most interesting to find out what exactly it is that Kraft uh, is being charged with and exactly the facts that come with that. Yeah, p- people who are close to the organization hold Robert Kraft in such high regard. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this so just so difficult to even talk about. Yeah, we heard Teddy you know, a few minutes ago talk about you know, what, what a great friend Robert Kraft has been to him and how important he's been to his family. And I would say that would go largely throughout that entire organization. I mean, you think about um, his reputation in the NFL up until this point with the way the Patriots have conducted themselves, those kinds of things. Um, and so it is a tough day. And you heard, you heard Teddy discuss that and how, how, di- how difficult it is to discuss it with his family because Robert Kraft is interwoven into this entire community in New England, really in the fabric of the NFL, if we're going to be honest. It's going to go all the way through. These are difficult discussions, and, and to Jeff's point that you have to make, uh, because it does put it on the sports uh, you know, kind of front and center, which you very rarely discuss things like this. And so uh, it is a difficult day. And, and, um, and, and to your and Jeff, what you were talking about, when you category deny something and someone said you got videotape, it's just the whole way this thing is laying out is a difficult situation, just a tough thing to discuss in general. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, when you think about Robert Kraft and you think that everything that he's, you know, put forth in this league, and the people that he's affected, I think the biggest thing is, is you know, the children and the kids that are part of the, the fabric of the New England area, as well as the Patriots and the players and their children, explaining this to them. What do you say? How do you say this? How do you even put it into words? Obviously, it's still very early as, you know, there's still more and more details that are, are to come and to follow. How do you explain this to your family? And, and then moving forward, how do you you know, what is your relationship like for people that are in the organization, around the organization, and for players? There's just still so many layers to this, as, as Mort said, uh, to this entire ordeal that we're still waiting to unfold. Speaking to people close to the organization, they're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very difficult Absolutely. day. It's uncomfortable subject matter, but yet so much curiosity. 
I've always felt like I could play in the NFL. I mean, I'm a confident guy. It's been 11 year dreams to be here and just have this opportunity. It's a blessing. NFL Live, Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins will throw with the NFL Combine in Indy next Saturday, this according to our Josina Anderson. Haskins had indicated that he would do the other drills at the Combine, and now it sounds like he will be throwing too. The percentage of highly rated quarterbacks to throw at the Combine has increased markedly in the last four years. Twelve of the 13 quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2015 did throw Compared to just 9 of 19 in the years from 2008 to 2014, the only first-round quarterback in the last four years not to throw, Sam Darnold, who went third overall to the Jets. So the best answer that I got as I polled different NFL offensive NFL folks around the NFL was the guys who passed on throwing got slammed and the guys who threw were praised and agents Listen to all of that, and maybe that's a big reason why that's changed. As we welcome you to the film room presented by Verizon. Any other theories here of why guys are seeing to think, be throwing more now? Yeah, I think in, in years past, when I was coming up, I think it was all you can do is hurt yourself. You know, you've already put film out of how you throw the ball effectively, you know, wherever you're playing. If you go to the combine and you struggle or they see some arm strength, you know, in, in Indianapolis, all, you know, everything's perfect, right? 70 degrees, turf, you name it. And all of a sudden you have a bad throw. All you can do is harm yourself. You can't really push your stock up. I think we have seen uh, people understand what drills look like. They still watch film. We have so much exposure to these players now as opposed to 10 and 15 years ago. You've seen so many tapes, high school <laughs> I mean, go through it all, man. I mean, it's just crazy how much film you can find on players. So I think players understand one day is not going to make or break me. I am kind of what I am. I'm going to go throw in good conditions and let everybody see it. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I think we've, we've kind of the past several years been overthinking it a little bit. Right. Like, like all of a sudden, in, in a month or two, you'll see, like, I was out at Sam Darnold's pro day in Los Angeles on a day he thought it was going to be perfect conditions, and it rained. Boring, right. right. But it turned out to benefit him because yep. he showed that he could handle those elements. Yep. And, and, I mean, I guess it can hurt you as well, but I also feel like you have 32 general managers who are diving into these guys so deeply exactly. that they're not going to – I mean, we should be giving them more respect than, than the fact that they're going to go in and watch these guys throw on air exactly. and make some crazy assessments. Right. So I feel like the past few years – Maybe we've been overthinking it a little bit, but uh, I also understand these agents out there are saying we want to eliminate as much risk as possible, and if there's a potential risk involved in throwing, then we're not going to do it. But I, personally, I just think, go do it, man. You're a baller. Go throw. Well, it was pointed out that the only the only player that can risk not throwing is a guy who knows for sure he's number one. Yeah, Otherwise, that's Otherwise, yeah. everybody wants to see even the tiniest little, right. you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Zion conversation. Exactly. Right. Like, right. what more do you have to do? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing for me is just, at the end of the day, it's football, right? It's what you've done your whole life. You're going to go out there and throw, and it's relatively comfortable. It's routes on air. You know, nobody's in front of you. No weather conditions in there. You're going to go in there. You're going to throw the ball. You're going to throw the ball the same way you've known to throw 
at Ohio State or at any other previous school that you've been to or any other team that you've been through and just go through the process. I think that's the biggest thing that guys just need to understand, especially going through the combine. Enjoy that process. Find the joy in it. Don't look at it as if, like, the dull drums right before you get into the league. This is something that's a part of the process. Enjoy it. You're going to meet new friends, meet new people throughout this journey. Enjoy it and keep going. I'll say this about the, the one issue for quarterbacks that's different than probably most other positions is – Everybody thinks they're an expert in quarterback play. So they look for all, you know, is his throwing motion correct? Where does he carry the ball? Is he two hands on the ball? Is he one hand on the ball? Is his hip open, right? We all become experts in, oh, that's going to hurt him in the NFL. So, that, you know, in my, if I am a QB, that would be the one thing, is everybody becomes an expert. Everybody's going to take shots on, oh, man, do you see the way he stepped in a bucket right there? There's no way he can make that throw in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, turn the tape on exactly. for the last, you know, Two years on Saturdays, he's been zipping that 15-yard out all day. But I think that for quarterbacks, they do get critiqued a great deal more. In, in Because if they do miss a throw that's on an open air in an easy right. post round, they're like, wow, did you see that? Imagine if there's a guy here. Like, Meanwhile, he's done it 100 times. Exactly. And if you've seen practice, if you've played football, yeah. you realize how many throws are overthrown, underthrown as guys are women. I mean, it's like – the game is different, you know, so routes on air. So I would say that's the one issue for a quarterback. If I'm a quarterback and everybody thinks they're an expert, that becomes, that gets old in a hurry and everything's filmed and shown on TV. We'll have breakdown tapes oh of their, we're, of we're, their, yeah, of their workout. That's But if you can't handle it there, exactly. You, handle yeah, it you better get thick skin in a hurry. That's yeah, a great. Exactly. Point. That's All a great right. Point. So Haskins says he's going to throw Oklahoma's Kyler Murray has not said yet whether he's going to throw or not. So we don't, know what would we be looking for from him there I think the movement for me is what I would like to see for, from Kyler Murray I, I want him to throw I think it's great for him to go out let this thing rip you've seen what he did and the kid is special right and and you know if he fully decides I'm all in on football which I'm not sure 100% yet one way or the other but if that is his deal get, watching him move out of the pocket I mean, it's it looks effortless when he's playing Live. I just want to see what it looks like when he, you know, when he dropped back in the pocket. Hey, man, what is it? Because because it, it looks it looks good when you see him, uh, you know, in, in in a uniform moving around and moving outside the pocket. It looks good. So I'm a moron. <laughs> like I don't know anything about football. I'm not a scout. Like I'm, right. I didn't play the game, <laughs> but I can still tell you the difference. Like when I went to Baker Mayfield's pro day last year, like I can I can look at him out there and look at the way he walks and the way he throws yes. and be like. Man, that guy would be pretty sweet in the huddle, right? Right. right. I'm sure that doesn't always, you know, I'll bet, I'll bet someone walked into Ryan Leaf's situation and said Absolutely. the same thing, exactly. right? So it doesn't always, it's not an always a proven uh, factor no. into what he's going to do. But I think that just the behavior, just the attitude, like the flair that these guys have when they walk out there on Saturday at the Combine, that's what these general managers and these scouts are looking for. They're looking for personality, not just mechanics, because they can look at so many different film clips to find out about mechanics. They're looking at demeanor, attitude, and ability. And I think that those things can be separate from mechanics. Exactly. Among all of those guys, who's the alpha dog? That's what yeah, exactly. people exactly. are watching. You can see that. Get them all that. You can. You can see all of that. So it's much more than Tom Brady, the that, physical the only, ability. By the way, the only devil's advocate against all this is Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. Brady. Yes. Such a clown. <laughs> combine. Such they the still best. throw that picture out all the Every time. time. Combine. So everything I'm saying <laughs> Every year. Completely that picture's never going to go away. <laughs> no. but the biggest thing for Kyler Murray for me is just to continue to prove your commitment, right? You want to go out there yeah. and throw and do all the different um, combine activities that they're going to have you do. And, of course, that dreaded interview process with these owners and GMs, 
how is that going to go for him? Are they going to see something in his character or something that he says that doesn't match up with the commitment level that he's exuding? So no, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And for that's him what, yeah, that's what that's what I was referring to earlier. I will say this: you can tell. I mean, just playing with Aaron Rodgers for a year, guys who have different ability outside of the pocket. I do think you can see that. I mean, I remember watching Aaron Rodgers roll out to his left with pressure and throw a ball to Jordy Nelson that was probably 60-plus yards in the air, and it was a dime. Not every quarterback in the NFL can do that. I, I'm just telling you, I played you see that with a Hall of Famer. pressure, though? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it's, I'm telling you, there's a difference in that mm-hmm. speed and, and the motion the and that zip of the ball. It yeah. sounds different. I'm, I'm just telling you, like even in warm-up, you'll – You'll snap your head back, man. That that is so. That to me is where I would like to see because that that is that you can definitely differentiate that between other guys because you know guys yeah. who you hear them you know try, Ugh, you know what I mean and you don't have that guy he just like and, and I mean I remember sitting I was I was dumbstruck I was like that's the, that's the most incredible throw I've ever seen I mean I it was get it, it was get stupid it silly until I saw Patrick Mahomes live either like I didn't that's understand right. Mahomes until exactly. I was standing next to him and it was like whoa he just yes. whipped that thing yeah. and Ch- Chad Henney was telling me that like. When, when Mahomes throws the ball, the difference is, like, it looks so effortless. Right. And literally, when you're standing just this far away, he'll whip it out, and you think it's coming soft, and all of a sudden, you're just like, boom. Yeah, and you can hear you. the stick. Yeah. And, that's and, it. So you can't feel that necessarily watching TV. So that's a good point. That's another thing that you Absolutely. can feel when you're watching exactly. And that's why we just kept on hearing reports out of Chiefs practice. That's right. Hey, by the <laughs> just way. Wait. Just, just wait. Just wait. That How come when wait. I said I was a moron, you guys kept nodding your head like yeah, this? Yeah, I was like, yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> I thought a scout call yourself. We're just you got a point. <laughs> so for now, most draft experts have Haskins as the top quarterback. Murray is number two. So many steps in the process. Mm-hmm. There we go. Right, as we continue here on NFL Live, we'll return to our breaking news. Patriots owner Robert Kraft has been charged with solicitation of prostitution. Fourth and goal at the one. He flips it to Bowles. Everybody's talking about backup, backup, backup. I think he's tired of hearing the word backup. You know, the starter thing, like leading a team, impacting a locker room. You know, that's why we play the game. And he deserves to start. He deserves to start in Philadelphia. Going into 2019, you can't have Nick Foles and Carson Wentz on the team at the same time. Nick's going to have to look for a new home. Well, clearly one of the biggest headlines this offseason, where will Nick Foles land, so we have the player carousel great, here. Great the, picture of Nick. Yes. Solid Could photo be you. Where <laughs> <laughs> will Jeff Darlington land? So where, where do you guys believe Nick Foles lands? Well, we'll start with the Jaguar. I mean, if you, if you think about talk about Blake Bortles and what happened last year with the Jags and the defense and really the implosion of the entire locker room, if you're being honest. I mean, this thing went from potential AFC champion to, uh, you know, a basement dweller. So talking about can, can Nick Foles come in and kind of give some of that magic to the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they're going to look like with Tom Coughlin, you know, kind of revamping his, his roster, what does it look like? We're starting with the easy one here and probably the favorite when we just look at the act, the fit, and maybe the understanding that the Jaguars are in a position right now where they still, by the way, despite the fact that they were, a, can we call them a dumpster fire last right, year? Right, absolutely. That they're the type of team, and, and I'm not blaming Blake Bortles for what happened last no, year by no, any no. means, but they're the type of team with that sort of ignited defense that if they're winning, they're going to ride that momentum, absolutely. right? And if they're losing, they are going to sink to the bottom. We saw it two years ago. 
uh, the good side of it. We saw the bad side of it this past year. I feel like if they can get a stable force like Nick Foles in there to, to help them win games, maybe, but more importantly, keep stability in that locker room. That's the key. That, to me, would be a perfect fit for the Jaguars. Not a young guy that people will point to, but a stable force in Nick Foles. To me, I feel like this is the perfect marriage. Yeah, I agree with both, both Jeffs here today. I think you, what you get in Nick Foles, especially to the Jaguars, is a guy that's been there. He's mm-hmm. been at the highest level. He's obviously been the Super Bowl MVP um, just a year ago. So he's the guy that can bring this team, I feel like, to another level. He's a guy in the locker room that you can walk up to and say, hey, how did you do it? What did you need to do to get to that level? How did you perform? How did you prepare? And to have a guy like that in the locker room, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a perfect fit for that. The biggest question is, can he be the guy? Right. He and Case right. Keenum were once on a roster together with the exactly. Rams. It didn't work out so well for Case in Denver. I think that will be... That'll be the big question. For Nick? For Nick. Yeah, yeah. and I think just a stabilizing force, though. Like, if there's one thing for a team that they know they're going to get out of Nick, despite the questions about some of maybe his deficiencies in the past, is that you know you're getting someone who is stabilizing and well-liked. Especially in Jacksonville's locker room. They they need a stable force in there. So let's move up to the next one, next possibility. Doug, you you grab that one. What do you think? I mean, look, the Giants are in a situation where we still don't know about Eli, and I feel like at this point it feels safer to assume that Eli will be back for one more year than he won't. Certainly, again, for all the reasons we cited with uh, the Jaguars, a guy like Nick Foles does feel like it. I just don't see this happening from the standpoint that it makes more sense to go draft a guy, have Eli there for a year, develop him, because the one thing we can't forget about this is that it's the young guys, the rookies, who cost less. So right. if, if you're better off getting the rookie to come in and, and perform so you can spend money elsewhere, it's just easier said than done. I just feel like the Giants would be wiser to go that route than a team perhaps like the Jaguars. Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. I think if you're going to bring in Nick Foles to the Giants, you're telling the team and you're telling the fans and you're telling everybody out there that you're moving on from Eli Manning. You're not going to oh, yeah, bring in a over. guy like It's over. Yeah. So I don't anticipate uh, the Giants doing something of that nature. I think they believe in Eli at least for one more year. But like you said, they want to go younger. They want to build a guy uh, from the draft, through college, build him up through the ranks. And I think that's where a guy like Haskins or even Kyler Murray can come in and do something great. Besides that, I could never see that move within the division. Right. Well, that's, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> exactly. That's what I was, I was about to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to trade that guy that to there. That seems to be a better <laughs> yeah. That's a good How about that? point because we should point out, contractually speaking, that Nick Foles has paid $2 million to free himself of the Eagles, but the Eagles are expected to tag and trade him. So right. it's not like yeah. Nick Foles can simply pick of 31 other teams. Exactly. This is going to have to be an agreement between him and the Eagles. And you've got to think, while the Eagles are going to be amenable, they're also going to be restrictive Absolutely. in some capacity. Exactly. Absolutely. But, which is why, by the way, the Dolphins are another team that we should be watching. My thing is, the Dolphins don't... This is a tough one, because the, yes, the Dolphins don't want to be too good next year. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's such a hard thing exactly. to say. Are you saying they're going to tank? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> wow. No. Without gonna saying say, it? I'm going to say they have... <laughs> Long-term vision, Jeff. Is that the politically correct way of saying it? And I don't think if you have that long-term vision and you are in salary cap purgatory right now that you're going to go out and spend it on him. The Dolphins instead just want to kind of get themselves through a couple years 
develop a young quarterback, Nick Foles, to me, is going to cost far too much for them. And right think now. about Foles. Even when we talk about the Giants, even within, you want to, Foles wants to be the guy. Going to the Giants, they're going to draft a quarterback long-term. Dolphins, the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't want to be a guy that someone's always nipping at your heels and you're always having to outplay as a veteran. i got to keep playing because they're going to bring been there, And he's been he there. He knows right? how of that course. feels. Right. He doesn't want to put himself back in that. But he wants a team to go all in on him. Giants will not do it because of what we just talked about. I think the Dolphins, Jackson, same situation. Jacksonville feels Jacksonville's got to be the I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, at least we've decided. I yeah, yeah. Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin. We, we haven't written the che- We don't write the checks, but we're just telling you the best fit, JV. Exactly. Brian Flores and Chris Greer on the phone for you. Yeah. Long-term. <laughs> they're, they're long-term development. Yes. Long-term development. Good words. They're not tanking. Right. Good words. We continue to follow this breaking news. Patriots owner Robert Kraft being charged with two counts of soliciting someone to commit prostitution stemming from a raid at a day spa in Jupiter, Florida. Kraft was picked up as part of a sting that has been ongoing for months. In a statement, a spokesperson for Kraft said they categorically deny that Mr. Kraft engaged in any illegal activity. Because it is a judicial matter, we will not be commenting further. The NFL has released a statement on Kraft's solicitation charge. Quote, the NFL is aware of the ongoing law enforcement matter and will continue to monitor developments. NFL Nation Patriots reporter Mike Reese has covered the organization and Robert Kraft for years. And Mike joins us now by phone. So, Mike, what has been the reaction from around the team? Well, Susie, you know, many are obviously very surprised by this. And and I think the, the thing to highlight from a team perspective is just how involved Robert Kraft is with everyone in the organization. This is an owner that walks through the locker room on a daily basis and converses with players. Tom Brady calls him almost like a second dad to him over the years. So whenever something like this comes up, um, you know, it's great surprise. Uh, His reputation, Robert Kraft, means a lot to him. He's talked about that many times over the years. So to sum it up in one word, surprise is what I would say many around the Patriots feel at this time. Mike, we appreciate you checking in with us. A spokesman, once again, for Robert Kraft, categorically denies the charges. The Jupiter Police Department says they have videotape evidence. So in the wake of criticism by Antonio Brown, Steelers GM Kevin Colbert on Wednesday called Ben Roethlisberger the unquestioned leader of the locker room who has freedom to publicly criticize teammates if he sees fit adding he's the elder statesman and the only Super Bowl winner. I think there might have been a little heat from that because he has since kind of softened his stance. There are other leaders, etc., etc. Yeah, I mean, when we first heard these comments, we kind of scratched our head. I think all three of us here that were here yesterday kind of, you know, went in deep about what type of leader Ben is and what the GM was referring to. And we were just kind of just thinking about Ben. You know, other players won't be comfortable going up to Ben because of the things that have transpired beforehand, because of the type of person and the type of leader and the type of teammate that Ben has shown to be within that locker room or hasn't shown to be. It's difficult for the younger guys to go up to him and feel comfortable getting information about the, the, whether it's about the offense or about the culture of the team and things of that nature. So when the GM came out and said this, we all kind of scratched our heads because we knew what type of team Ben Roethlisberger is a part of and what type of leader he eventually is. It sounds like Kevin Colbert is, is, is trying to clarify what he meant by this, but it is disconcerting, the initial comments, just because of the disconnect. Like, I don't, from talking to people in Pittsburgh, like, I don't sense that anybody necessarily views 
Ben Roethlisberger that way in the locker room. And that's not a knock on Ben. It's just a point about who he is and the type of player slash leader that he has always been. Like, no one has ever projected that Ben Roethlisberger is this sort of... Listen, this this was a demeaning... However you want to cut it, and I'm glad he did soften his stance because... These are grown men playing this game. Yeah. There are no kids playing this game. Let me tell you, man, you, you sacrifice your body, potentially your health, to go play this game. The, what these men do, not just on the field but off the field, they, they are community leaders. So when you, when you start talking about, oh, it's a bunch of kids and one guy, I don't care how many Super Bowls he won. I mean, that's irrespective of winning Super Bowls. When you talk about leadership, it's a completely different mantle than just what this guy has done on the right. field. I can tell you right now, Peyton Manning was a great leader. Bill Pulley would not have said, we got 52 kids and one guy. I'm telling you right now, you would have heard all kinds of problems if that was ever said. He wouldn't even begin to. It shows you, in my opinion, I'm glad he did soften his stance, and we talked about it. There are other leaders. But this shows you, GMs aren't in the locker room. A leader is developed organically inside the locker room, and it's not only about what happens on the field and what transpires there. It's in the locker room. Do you show me you care? Can you connect with me mm-hmm. on different levels? And the best leaders, no matter what business, connect in multiple layers, not just one. It's not about just football. It's about does he care about my family? Does yeah, he care exactly. about my, my life outside of this yeah. game? Those are relationships that are fostered in a locker room. That's where a team is truly developed. Very little to do with just putting the cleats on, walking out inside the stripe. That really has very small amount to do with leadership. Beyond that, too, it kind of opens our eyes potentially to the narrative that we've heard all season, which is kind of like Antonio Brown is is not right for, right. for acting mm-hmm. this way. And it's kind exactly. of like, well, hey, like maybe he's got a little bit of a point here. Maybe exactly. we should listen to both sides. And, and, and listen, this is a no win even for Roethlisberger. Even when a guy comes out, when your GM comes out and makes this stance, yeah, this is not fair. a good look for Roethlisberger. I mean, he doesn't want, he doesn't need someone to place him on a pedestal that now other players feel uncomfortable approaching you. This was just not a good look. I'm glad he's, he needs to come back and just clean it. But for whatever, whatever he said, I don't know what he said, but understanding it's going to require the 52 other guys to finally get past winning a couple playoff games in the past And I can see what, what he's saying about Ben being the elder statesman, sure. so to speak, sure. and having younger guys that are coming in. But no matter what, leadership has to be from the quarterback position, and I don't think Ben Whatever, in any relationship, when it falls apart, it's never just one side. That's right. Right?